Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. It has been a long time since we recorded last, but here we are again. Uh, we're gonna keep. We're gonna try this again and try and be uh, consistent, unlike before. And I think now is as good a time as any to come back because there's just so much to talk about. Uh, but let me introduce my co-hosts. We have uh, Connor Haynes. Hi, guys. And Michael Dumeyer. Surprisingly, we're not dead. Um. 2020 is looking to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest years in video game history. I mean, March alone. Yeah, I mean, just month after month, we have large, huge uh, releases coming out, like game of the decade level releases. You know, we've got Cyberpunk 2077 coming this year. We've got The Last of Us Part 2 coming this year. We've got the Final Fantasy VII remake coming this year. And just Cyberpunk is not going to be game of the decade. Are you uh, kidding me? I mean, no, that game Cyberpunk's a- not oh. even going to be game of the year against Doom and uh, Animal Crossing. Okay, you can- I don't know. It's CD Projekt Red. I just started yeah. playing The Witcher, so yeah. And I think it'll be as good as Witcher Three, but I don't think it's going to be like Universal Game of the Year tier. I really don't. I mean, in any other year, I would say it would be, but this year's especially tough. Like this is looking like. This is looking like 2017 part two. Yeah, I mean, as, literally, as you remember, you know, I think we're going to get another, there's an okay chance we get another Breath of the Wild by the end of the year. Yeah, that too. And in 2017, what I'm referring to is the year we had, you know, Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Nier Automata, time. like a bunch of other things that I'm just... I forgot about Nier Automata, yeah. goodness. Yeah, big and, year. And yeah, I mean, in even aside from the games... We've got a new console generation launching this year, uh, which in it, its own right is brings all sorts of excitement with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly like the, the Xbox Series X has me thinking about switching to console, honestly. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about the Xbox Series X for a minute. Um, they they revealed the console at the Game Awards, and they revealed some of the specs as well. And the specs kind of blew my socks off. I was not expecting that major of an upgrade going into next generation. The the, the specs on that thing are are quite competitive uh, when you take into account the pricing of the box, which will probably be around five hundred dollars. Uh, when you compare it to like high end PCs, it's got you know, 12 teraflops of RDNA GPU power, which is, which is, I never would have predicted uh, power that high uh, if you'd asked me what the specs would be for the consoles a year ago. Yeah, there's just a handful of things that we're getting to the point in this next gen, we're flipping over. It's almost like going back to the 90s where the things a PC can do and the things a console can do are kind of diverging again. Because, like, you know, back then, like, you couldn't do a side-scroller on PC. And now it's looking like you have these things like interlaced 4K and stuff. You just don't get that on PC, but a console yeah. can do it. Right. There's just a, it, it's an actual choice now as opposed to, like, do you want to pay for the premium product or not? It, it's an actual choice in, like, what gaming experience you want, again, which is kind of interesting to me. Right. And a, another big part of these new consoles is the increased CPU power, which I would argue maybe is the big has the biggest implications for game design, along with the, you know, the custom SSD solution that Sony keeps touting. But right. I'm I'm actually I don't believe what Sony's saying anymore. 
well, yeah, why, about their SSDs, but, honestly. But why would well, they I mean, Sony's lie, you know? Mark Cerny has a very reputable... Uh, he has no, a good reputation. Well, he does, but Sony's been known to greatly exaggerate the performance of their... Like, they'll fudge the numbers to but exaggerate... They showed the, a demo the of... They showed a demo of Spider-Man PS4 running on a, you know, PS5 dev kit. Oh, yeah, it's running on an SSD, and it's fast. Like, yeah, yeah. But an SSD on PC would load it that fast, too. Like, Spider-Man's load times aren't that long to begin with. But what I'm arguing is that consoles often set the standard for game design for that generation, right? Oh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, like, streaming from the... Like, yeah. I think the most interesting thing about this is going to be we're going to be able to move faster in an open world, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, Something, you know, like you, you've seen, like, probably videos of people, like, doing weird stuff in Breath of the Wild where the LOD can't keep up and stuff, the level of detail. Yeah. And that's not going to be an issue anymore once we're right. loading off of an SSD. That's extremely exciting. And plus, you know, it has implications for you know certain game design elements say you have like a vastly detailed open world and you want to like fly over it well before if you're flying at a high speed you know texture streaming might be a problem there might be pop-ins something like that those problems will presumably be ironed out with with you know ssd being the norm the problem is for stuff like that is that a blu-ray reader still is not going to be able to keep up so you're gonna have to install your games, right? Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, that, that's been the norm. Of disc anymore, that's yeah. been the norm this generation as well, though. So really? I feel like that shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. For PS4 and Xbox One, you have to install your game even if you have the disc. So I don't think I had to install Bloodborne. You definitely did. I promise. Really? Yeah. If I you mean, look I put in, the disc if in, if you look in your PS4's hard drive, you'll see Bloodborne. You know, like however many gigabytes, 30 gigabytes, 40 gigabytes in there. I promise. Okay. Yeah. But um yeah, so like it's interesting seeing the strategies this time around. I distinctly remember uh in 2013 when, you know, this current gen started, which feels like yesterday honestly. It's crazy that we're already at this point. But you know, uh Sony came out first and unveiled their PlayStation and it was, you know, solid. Like it was it was good, you know, like it didn't blow anyone's socks off, I don't think, but like the reveal was great. Um, but then Microsoft came out and completely tripped all over themselves, and Sony instantly seized that, and that became the narrative for the rest of this generation. I think what made PlayStation blow up was equally in part their, you know, smart strategies gen- this generation, their good, you know, first-party output, but also their, uh, but also contributing to that was mic- Microsoft's immense blunder at the start. But you know, we're looking at a very different Microsoft in 2020, one much more in sync with, you know, the core gamer and their sensibilities and with right. them I introducing mean, friendly, uh, new, innovative, and almost revolutionary, I would say, services like Game Pass. I'm yeah, very uh, interested to see how value. things shake out. Yeah, Xbox is the value console right now. I, I mean, my PS4 has been the most expensive thing I own for a while now, just you know, I, I fired up Bloodborne, and I, I, huh? What about your PC? My PCs cost me nothing to run this year, but my my PS4, oh, I pick mean, up Bloodborne, okay. and I can't even see the freaking messages without paying for PlayStation Plus. But like, you know, Game Pass on PC is cheaper than PlayStation Plus, and I'm getting you know new games every couple days through that that I get to play. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest barrier to consoles is that 
paying for online services. Yeah, it's just getting stupid. Like, yeah. they don't want to give you anything anymore. See, that's the thing, though. Like, I can't see that possibly going away. That was normalized last generation, right? With no, the rise of Xbox. three didn't. Right, but when Xbox or when Microsoft demonstrated that, hey, people will pay for Xbox Live, Sony was just like, well, why not? You know, like, they've proven that people will pay for this, which is, you know, they shouldn't have to, but the consumer, I feel like, is already completely used to that as being like a cost but that's honestly probably the biggest barrier between me and having a console is i'm not going to pay for online multiplayer i don't like multiplayer that much to begin with if i have to pay for it it's not you know it's just not going to happen right and we'll see how it shakes out the strategy for getting you know pc gamers onto console but you know more and more i'm seeing you know there's less reason really for pc gamers to move to console especially with microsoft's uh, or xbox's game pass rather you know uh you know they have they launched game pass for pc and you know even sony there yeah there are some- a lot of the big Heavy hitters are coming up. I've heard a lot of rumors about Bloodborne and Horizon being ported over to PC. Right. Well, the big rumor right now is Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC, which is honestly shocking to me. You know, like I would never in a million years have predicted Sony's first party games showing up anywhere. But, you know, I I thought about it for a little bit and I, I could see if it's just Horizon, this could be a really sort of brilliant marketing ploy because... There's a decent chance Horizon Zero Dawn 2 will be a launch game for PlayStation 5. So if they put that out on PC and get it into a bunch of new hands and then launch uh, Horizon 2 exclusively for PS5, a lot of people will want to play that and be more incentivized to purchase a PlayStation 5 uh, from, you know, jump from PC to PS5. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that working. I don't know. I I don't feel like there's a huge audience, though. For, like I'm, sh- I'm surprised they're bringing Horizon Zero Dawn to PC, because I don't know Horizon, of a single person sold, that wanted to play Horizon, Horizon that didn't sold, play it. Like millions and millions of copies, though. Like it was definitely, it's definitely one of uh, Sony's core first-party IPs. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree. Like it was, it was big, but I just feel like everybody who wanted to play it has by now. Well, I mean, the argument there is, you know, PC gamers probably didn't, you know, like a lot of people probably look at a lot of PC gamers probably are completely content being on PC, having their, you know, high end settings and all that. The only sort of regret they'd have, right, is the console exclusives. So, yeah, but are they going to jump, you know, jump to buy this six year old game that they're getting now? I don't know. I, I guess that's the question. We'll see once once they put it out. But, I mean, you know, I'm not. You know, I, I Horizon was a game I might have been into while it was big and everybody was talking about it, but I, I look at it now and I just don't get it anymore. Like I have zero desire to play it now, but I remember buying into the yeah. hype a little bit when it first came out. I mean, when it first came out, it came out, you know, like I think a week. It was competing with Breath of the Wild before so. Breath of the Wild, which is not the ideal rela- release date, right? Well, Which, no. If it had come out, if it had come after Breath of the Wild, I don't think anybody would have cared. Right. Yeah. Breath of the I mean, Wild, right and, which, which is honestly, you know, Horizon is an incredible game, but it's just that Breath of the Wild is literally one of the greatest video games ever made. You know, yeah, I mean, so, Breath of the Wild has made it difficult for me to return to any open world game since. Yeah, it's they 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 raise the bar. It's made extensive. it difficult to go back to any yeah. Zelda game too. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Like, I mean, really. 
you think it's made it more difficult to go back to open world games than Zelda games? Yeah, I mean, I still uh, love Zelda games for what they are. They're still, you know, I love the dungeon design. You know, I think that's the biggest oh, yeah. thing missing from Breath of the Wild, which, you know, a lot of people speculate for the Breath of the Wild sequel potentially coming out this year. They'll sort of integrate the two. That would be the perfect uh, marriage, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. But all, yeah, yeah, we we already talked we we talked a bit about PS4 and Xbox. Let's talk about Nintendo for a little bit. There were rumors for a while there that they're releasing a Switch revision in 2020, but uh, the president of Nintendo came out and said, "Hey, that's not happening." Which you know, I don't, I don't know if I'd believe him, but yeah. Um, I think Nintendo is in a particularly interesting spot, right? Because, like, even if, you know, not if, when Sony puts out PlayStation 5 and Microsoft puts out Xbox Series X, I don't think that's going to impact Nintendo all too much anymore. They've sort of, they've carved out their own niche. No, I mean, I think there will be a Switch, too. Yeah, I, yeah, they'll, they'd be stupid not to continue this design philosophy for at least another generation, I would say. But I'd say it's at least three years out. Like, it's not it's not coming soon. I still get the feeling we'll see, like, a Switch Pro. Yeah, you know, like I, I wouldn't be refresh. surprised. The, I don't know, because the problem is they really seem to not want you to buy a second Switch. They really don't want that. Like, Yeah, I mean, they like, put out the Switch Lite, but they but, made it an extreme pain to have, like, cross-account compatibility. The cloud saves are garbage, and they've announced that literally animal crossing save data will not be transferable at all yeah. like not even as like a system transfer type deal it's just not possible they're not going to let you do it and like that's a deal breaker for me i won't be buying another switch like yeah. i'm not going to lose my animal crossing data right yeah no that that's precious that's my yeah that's the game like that's like that's the you only know, thing i play on my 3ds these days like that's another huge game coming out this year you know like Oh, Gosh, uh, yeah. 2020 is just so absolutely insane. And, you know, me, who isn't really... I've never really got into Animal Crossing. I will absolutely be buying this Animal Crossing game. Because, one, I think it's a good time to jump in. And, two, I feel like it's a lot like that game we were making, Connor. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so much ago. Like, it's uh, pretty much yeah. the game we were making realized, except by Nintendo. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean we had we had a couple of features they're not gonna have, but I, all the all the heavy hitters are gonna be there, you know. Yeah, I was shocked when I saw the Nintendo Direct because it was it was it was so similar. Oh yeah, same sort of ideas. But yeah, we don't have to linger on that too long. But um, no, one interesting thing. Podcast. Yeah, but one interesting thing I was just thinking of the last episode we recorded, which was like January of 2019. Uh, I think uh, regarding we were talking about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and at that point the first fighter in the fighter pass had been revealed Joker from Persona now all of the fighters from the fighter pass are out we've got you know we've got Hero from Dragon Quest Banjo from Banjo Kazooie uh, Terry Bogard from SNK and And from Fire Emblem (laughs) Yeah, we don't we and don't I, mention Bylas. <laughs> yeah, we don't mention yeah, them. We don't talk about that. But overall, what are your guys' thoughts? You know, like, I'm really happy with the season pass overall. But if they had switched, I'm not even a big Terry fan. But if they had switched, if Byleth hadn't been the last one, the taste it had left in my mouth would be so much better. Yeah, like, I, I know I know at least one person that has quit playing Smash Bros. 
since Byleth came out. That's they're extreme. Just, they're <laughs> that just, is really extreme. Well, like, it's only been a few weeks. Like, they've just not wanted to. Like, it's just left yeah. such a bad taste in their so, mouth that they haven't felt like it recently. So, like, they're but, not done with the game. They just, for, like, that's all they can think about right now. <laughs> yeah. But for those who aren't familiar, Byleth is the protagonist from the latest Fire Emblem game, Fire Emblem Three Houses. And the reason this caused such a stir was because there are already an obscene number of Fire Emblem characters in the game. And they all sort of look the same. Because but, Nintendo has once again forced you to pay for an advertisement from them. Yeah, but that being said, I've actually been playing with Byleth, and Byleth is extremely fun to play. I have not played Smash Bros. since Byleth came out. Okay, but that's all I'm saying. You know, I, I personally would no, also prefer someone good. else. If it had been Monster Hunter, they could have made zero changes and had a better character. That is 100% true. Yeah. But you know when when the when the fighter pass gives us things like banjo and joker yeah, like really I really can't complain. can't complain you know like those are yes. huge monumental things banjo is a microsoft ip now joker is from persona which is a playstation ip so like the floodgate the floodgates are truly open like anything can get into smash and then yeah. you know sakurai announced you know six more fighters up through 2021 so a lot of people are holding out hope for like master chief and gino so I'm also, excited. Absolute, to see. absolute aside, but Masahiro Sakurai taught me to count in binary in that last uh on my hands, and that, that was Nintendo that was Direct, incredible. I, I didn't yeah. know that trick, and that's super useful. That's something I, mean, I should have learned in college. Yeah, I'm like definitely. I was obviously familiar with binary before, uh, but you know, just I never would have thought counting on my hands that way. That that's brilliant. You know. Yeah. What a weirdo. Just, what a guy, yeah. You know, even in a direct that I'm so he managed to give me something useful. And yeah. I, I love how he just, it feels like he knows he's trolling everyone, but he just sort of revels in it. That's the vibe I get from him, at least. Yeah, I mean, he straight up said, please don't be upset with me. Yeah. Well, you know, to 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 be fair to him, I think he said at one point, right, Nintendo decided on the five fighters right yeah no path, he, right? he and he's just implementing the pilot in the game right yeah. <laughs> so yeah he's probably right there along with us but that being said sakurai i think he is a pretty big fan of fire emblem so who knows yeah he is but he knows he knows he was a huge fan of uh, isn't he was a huge fan of uh king of fighters too that's the yeah, whole reason no, terry got so in. excited for terry sakurai definitely has a lot of you know gamer cred he, yeah, he plays just about every everything, every yeah, sort apparently of Apparently, he was actually like a professional of King of Fighter back in the day. Wow. So, I can get where he came from putting that character in. Yeah. And I don't know how familiar you guys are with the competitive ultimate scene. Not at all. Super. I hear about it. Like I know, I know the local West Virginia competitive scene a little bit, but the bigger I, stuff. I watch Alpha Red on YouTube, and that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. I mean, since Ultimate came out, uh, the competitive scene has really sort of blossomed, and they've become like, you know, the super majors for this tournament are like marquee, you know, fighting game tournament events now, and uh, a lot of, uh, and I don't want to linger on this too long if you guys aren't into it, but the thing I really love about competitive Ultimate is that basically all of the top 10 players play different characters, and yeah, it's, it's such it's a well-balanced so game. So interesting seeing like all their different, you know, playstyles and strategies collide with each other. Like the current best player in the world, I would say, is MK Leo, and he plays Joker. And literally no one else, and even the top twenty, I would say, plays Joker. 
uh, it's just he just has such a thorough understanding of that character that he's elevated him to heights that no one else can reach. And I think that's really fascinating. It's but almost I really I think yeah. that of like obviously there are tier lists that are applicable to ultimate. But I really don't think that the worst character in the game is that much worse than the best character in the game. Yeah. Like, you're really, really having to get into the nitty-gritty to make a tier list. I have heard arguments that Little Mac is unplayable, but yeah. uh, other well, than that's, that... That's because of his horrible aerial game. But, you know, right, if, when yeah. you compare Ultimate in that regard to something like Melee, right? Like, Melee, you have a handful of characters that are viable at the highest level, and that's yeah. it, you know? Ultimate, yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's just broken. Yeah. Well, Fox is just a level above everyone, but you know, beneath that you have Falco and and I think Marth and Jigglypuff. Right. I think Sheik but, is up there. Yeah. But you know, not to knock Melee. Melee is still my favorite, absolute favorite esport to watch. That hasn't changed. And thankfully, the competitive scene for Melee seems to be doing just fine. But you know, Ultimate has really come into its own, and it's it, it's introduced a lot of variety to the smash uh high level smash play which yeah, I think and honestly really- it's been a while since like it's been since the early brawl days that like smash was just like a default game i could sit down and play with my friends like you know it got to the point when smash 4 came out and towards the later days of brawl like you would sit down and like people would say oh let's play smash and people would be like oh well you know i'd rather play melee or i'd rather play project m nobody wants to play brawl and nobody wanted to play smash 4 yeah. like ever Smash and, Ultimate's uh, a lot more accessible yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah, and Ultimate, just like, you know, when you hang out, you're like, yeah, let's play some Ultimate. Like, that's the obvious choice now. Yeah. yeah. It's either it's just, that or Mario Kart, right? Yeah, like, right. Like, and Mario it's, Kart's it's, yeah. Nintendo's highest-selling game, right? So it's cl- crazy that Ultimate's now sort of in that same... Yeah, uh, that same tier. And, and yeah. Ultimate's the best-selling fighting game of all time. Yeah, it's and it's only going to keep selling more, you know, with... You know, Nintendo yeah, milking you with all they've got. And yeah. plus, I think we really should appreciate the fact that, you know, all of these characters are in this game. Because I think Sakurai has even said, like, he won't be able to do this again. No. Uh, this is sort of a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. So we should in- definitely, you know, enjoy Ultimate while we can. So I actually have a question for you guys. Uh, like, assuming Ultimate, like, let, let's picture it like it's this final Smash Bros. game. It won't be, but sure. I know, but, like, just just play with me. <laughs> yeah. Like, would you guys buy, like, if, if they were going to make a DLC that was, like, some item... I know you wouldn't name it because you don't play with items. But, like, like say, like, they were adding, like, the Contra Spread Gun as an item and a couple of stages or something. Or maybe some assist trophies. Would, that, would you buy that DLC, Mike? What? Like, if they were going to add, like, some stages and items as DLC, no character. Uh, maybe, honestly. Because I, I would. I think there's some cool items they could do and stuff that I would be happy to have. And definitely some cool stages, like new games coming out that, you know, maybe a new, you know, a Breath of the Wild 2 stage. I don't think there's going to be a character that's worth adding unless they want to add Breath of the Wild 2 Zelda or something. I, I don't think that would be worth doing. But well, in terms I, of, I'm, I like stage variety a lot. Well, we get one stage per new character, so I think we'll be getting, you know, a decent number of stages going forward. Yeah, at least six more stages, yeah. But in terms of, like, who could be on one of those six characters, I definitely think we're getting a new Pokemon, because I feel like yeah, we're overdue for one. Yeah. 
Uh, I could see I could see Zelda if if the rumors of Zelda being playable in Breath of the Wild two were true. I could see Zelda being another one. I could see that. I, I do think we'll eventually get Dante from Devil May Cry. I think but yeah, that's like yeah, it's gonna happen. And in that vein, I really want there to be more wild like third party picks. You know, like Dante, Master Chief, just all of it. Yeah, you know? those are the fun ones. Yeah. But yeah, sort of shifting gears off Smash. If that's okay with you guys. Oh yeah. Um, and just sort of talking more about, like, this year in games. So I'm just going to go through a quick list uh, of big games coming out this year. So one has already sort of come out. It's a big game to me, at least. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, um, which was uh, is sort of a Dragon Ball Z RPG that s- tells the entire story of Z from beginning to end. And it's out already. I haven't played it yet, but it looks super cool. Um, any thoughts on that? I haven't played it yet, but from the videos I've seen, it really looks like, and and don't get me wrong, I think it's the best version, but it's just the same game Bandai Namco has been releasing for like 20 years. Like, it's not anything new. Like, I'm not going to buy it. I've seen Dragon Ball Z. I don't need to see it or play it for 80 hours or whatever. Yeah, I think I'll get it when it's on a sale, but like, the Dragon Ball fan in me, like, still wants it, you know? Yeah, like, I've seen the cutscenes, and they look super exciting, but I don't know. It's not fighters. It's not, like... Yeah. It's nothing new. And that that bugs me a little bit about it. Like, they've literally released this game, like, ten times. Yeah. I just think this, you know, this is probably the best version. I'll give them that, but I'm I'm tired of it. I can can see that. Uh, We've also... We're recording this on... February 5th, right. So we've got a couple big games coming out this month, even. We've got Ori and the Will of the Wisps coming out in, like, six days. I forgot about that. Any hype I mean, about that? First one. Yeah, yeah. That's I, a, that's I liked one. the original Ori and the Blind Forest, but I got it and, and Hollow Knight at the same time. And you know I played Hollow Knight. Like, oh, of course. Hollow Knight, best indie game ever made. As far so as I, I never, I never fi- finished Ori in the Blind Forest. So I need to go back and do that because I bet Will of the Wisps is going to come to Game Pass. So I'm going to have it. Yeah, it'll it'll be there day one, I imagine. It's, it's so, and I feel like game. it's probably... like. Do you think I need to play the first one to understand the second one? I feel like I, don't I probably think, do. I, don't, I don't think so. Hmm. Well, we'll see. I'll probably play it, though, one way or another. I'm a patient yeah. gamer, though. E- even if I already have the game, it usually takes me forever to get around to playing it. Yeah. Uh, February 14th, we've got Dreams finally coming out. Yeah, that's weird. But that's finally... It's like, been an early access for months now. Yeah, I've played it, and I had... Like, I feel like I've had my fun with it. It's yeah. In a, have, you, have either of you played it? No, I haven't touched it yet. I hope it kind of gets out of this once it leaves early access, but it's definitely in this weird place where, like, it's this super powerful tool that's maybe not... It's super accessible, but even with a... Yeah, like, there's only so accessible you can make game development before you hit the point where the problem is that people don't have good ideas. Like, I've played a lot of Dreams, and, like, there are a few that are, like, so close to being something, but they're just not, like fun <laughs> the, th- the thing is i feel like we've barely scratched the surface of the potential for dreams i like, agree but i'm I just not like... sure that it's going to have the audience to actually reach that potential and i really hope it does because it's so cool yeah but i i haven't seen it yet i've seen like a bunch of tech demos and like <laughs> that's not fun yeah i mean if we go by media molecules previous 
you know offerings little big planet was quite popular like yeah. it had like millions of players but so, i didn't know dreams i i have already bought dreams and i did not know it was coming out next week yeah so like it that says something you know yeah coming out on, on valentine's day that's weird yeah True. i didn't even yeah. know it was coming out this year yeah i thought it was going to be a, like a ps5 launch title at this point i had no idea well i can't uh it's obviously going to be cross oh it's gonna get ported yeah yeah because you know dreams is like the beginning dreams of a multi a multi-year yeah. you know hopefully for them successful platform and you know this is the last year of playstation 4 so it'd be kind of silly if it didn't come to playstation 5 i mean yeah shifting gears a little like just barely like i've looked at dreams and like thought about I- i'm terrible at 3d modeling and i've looked at dreams you can actually make a model in dreams export it and put it in unity and like i've yeah. thought about doing that as a game that's really cool, cool. Because I'm terrible at 3D modeling, but Dreams is so intuitive. Even I, with enough time, could make something in it. Yeah, and I hear it's even more intuitive once you have move controllers. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah. it, it does a lot using just the gyroscope of the PS4 controller. Like, it it is very powerful. That's awesome. So, yeah, Dreams, I definitely feel like it's one thing when it comes out. I think we'll, talk, we'll be talking about Dreams for years to come. Probably. Uh, whether, you know... Whether it's in a positive or negative light, that's to be seen. But um, yeah, but we, we're st- we're like barely getting started in terms of what's coming out this year. I just uh, hope Dreams doesn't get slept on. I don't think it will be. I think a lot of people know about it. Damn it! I demand that you acknowledge that pun. Oh wow! I I totally because <laughs> my mind was already thinking about the next thing. Yeah. All right. I, I will. I will acknowledge it. That was very I hate good. It. Thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, so this is a huge one, but potentially some would argue even the hugest this year. But I personally have had no experience with these games. Have any of you played Final Fantasy VII? No. No. Okay, so this is you know probably going to offend a lot of people, but I personally don't really care about Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah, I know the either. Final Fantasy VII remake is coming out and is is monumentally huge. Like, people are going to die over this game. Yeah. Um, and I almost wish I had played it when I was young so I could have that nostalgia for it so I could so, so I could want care. it. So I could, you yeah. know, so I could understand, you know. Yeah. But at this point, I would probably just get it on a sale so I could finally play Final Fantasy VII, which is, you know, regarded as one of the most seminal games of that era. Um, I'm Final Fantasy XV is getting added to Game Pass this week. If I like that, I'm probably going to get Final Fantasy VII, because it looks like the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to be more of that style. Well, I th- I, I wouldn't jump on that, though, because impressions I've seen say that the Final Fantasy VII battle system, on surface level, it's the same, you know, sort of, you know, RPG, action RPG, hack and slash as 15, but seven seems to be a lot more technical from the people who have played the demos. Like, you, like you ha- there's actually a strategic component to it, like switching you know, party members on your team at the right time to attack and stuff like that. So I, I, I what I'm getting at is I wouldn't form your opinion on 7 based on 15. Maybe just read some impressions from YouTube really? or watch some impressions from YouTubers you trust or something like that. Because the, the original 7 is not attractive to me at all. I hate turn-based combat. It takes a really, really amazing right. game so, to so get, they, like... So they've rehauled the combat system. It's not turn-based combat. Yeah, I, saw, well, yeah, I think you can play it turn-based. Like, there's, like, an option for that, and that worries me. Because that makes me feel like it's unfocused. 
but obviously I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not ready to... But the impressions I've heard about the combat are really, really positive, though. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, I'll probably... I don't know. I'll probably see somebody play it on YouTube. I'll probably... I don't know. But I'm not going to buy it day one. It's not something I'm excited for. Yeah. So sorry oh, wow, for all the... Of games coming out this year. But on, on that note, Final... Or uh, not Final Fantasy. Fantasy Star Online 2 is finally coming to the West after... I think I think it got released in 2012 in Japan. So that's like an MMO, right? Like a big MMO. Yeah. Have yeah. either of you ever played Fantasy Star no. Online? No. Oh my god. It. Uh. I. I didn't play the original on Dreamcast, although I hear it was like a system seller for the Dreamcast. I played it. It got remade for the GameCube, much like every Dreamcast game. And I poured like hundreds of hours into that game as a kid. I didn't even have it online. It had a split screen on the GameCube, and me and two of my friends played through that game. Dozens of times. Yeah, no, I heard a lot of buzz about this coming to the West as well. Yeah. Yet another to the list of 2020. That one will be a day one buy. Um, I don't know if anyone else is excited for this, but the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon remake. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am excited, but it comes out two weeks before Animal Crossing and Doom, so it's going to get eaten alive. Yeah, so let's, let's just talk about that. Animal Crossing and Doom are coming out on the same day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's going to be an expensive day for me because I will well, be buying both of those. That's and I'm crazy. Buying... Is that a Friday? What day is that? Because I'll March probably 20th? take off work. Yeah, I know it's March 20th. I need to check oh, it's what a day. Oh, Thursday. Oh, uh, I might take two days off work. <laughs> <laughs> it's four day weekend. No, it's a Friday. Anniversary. It's a Friday. No, I, I think. Just looked at the... what... Oh, I looked for February. I feel yeah. like both the both the publishers for both of those games are just hoping that there's like zero overlap between those audiences. But I can tell you, there's that's They're definitely so not the case. Wrong. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I'm just blessed that I have 120 dollars because like I don't know yeah. what I'd do if I had to make that choice. I'd go animal. I mean, <laughs> on the surface level, you know, like you'd think so though, right? Like, cause one's like total violence like tactical shooter violence and the other is like cutesy farming animals hold on you know, it's there, there, there's absolutely me, there's absolutely a huge overlap like getting both of those games on the same day is such a good pairing to me because like animal crossing there's only so much you can do in a day and you just kind of end up hitting a wall like you can't you can't play it for like 10 hours straight i get there are some people that can but i can't mm-hmm. like there, there's a certain amount of stuff you can do before the returns you're going to get that day diminish because it's like a Harvest Moon sort of game, except you can't skip to the next day. Like, it's, it's on a real-time right. clock. And uh, Doom, I feel like if I played that for 10 hours straight, my heart would explode. Yeah, So, like, probably. I think having that Animal Crossing warm-up and then an Animal Crossing cool-down to sandwich the meat of that being doom. I think that's going to be really good for me. I think that's going to be that's a hell of a really day. good point. It's it. it they complement each other very well, but financially it sucks. Cause that, that is yeah. going to be me spending $120 You're be buying two brand new games. Yeah. Yeah. For full price. Yeah. But you know, that's one of those rare cases where both of those games are going to be so good. It'll be totally worth it. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm going to have probably decided my 2020 game of the year, like by March. Yeah. Like based on those two games, it's going to be one of them. We're also I don't know, man. This this year, game. this year, unless Breath yeah. of the Wild two comes out this year, then there will be some conflict. Well, Mike, like, that uh, Mike made a great point. There's a new Half Life game coming out this <laughs> yeah, year. No, I'm excited. One loaded year already. That's absolute madness. You know, <laughs> it's a good year for VR. Have you guys heard of uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners? Yeah, yeah, I have. 
Yeah, I, I have not picked it up yet, but it's, like, supposed to be, one like, in the same tier as Half-Life, as far as, like, good narrative VR games. Yeah, v- VR's been picking up lots of Steam. There are plenty of titles on VR right now that I want to play. I, I think it's super likely I'm going to get an Index this year. You know, if they're ever in stock again. I, I've yeah. been thinking about it. Well, while, wish... we're, while we're on the subject of VR, uh, Iron Man VR comes out later this year and all the impressions for that have all the impressions for that have been extremely positive oh yeah it has they apparently nailed the feeling of being iron man which is awesome yeah i mean that's that's like a dream game you know yeah that's that's what you wish uh vr would be when you heard about like vr at first you know that's that's gonna be that's gonna be huge especially if they nail it because it's not just some you know on rails gimmicky thing it's got like a full story it's got like fleshed out combat and hopefully big open levels explorable world yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, exciting this is this might be a hot take i thought the iron man movie game was pretty good (laughs) i i would never play something like that uh it was extremely short but that's the kind of movie game you want is like somebody gave like somebody cared enough and put enough care into the game that they ran out of time before they could finish it because <laughs> it was only like four or five levels long. But those five levels were pretty all right. But I did. I was 11 years old and I did beat yeah. it in two hours yeah. and it was sixty dollars. I mean, that's not worth it at all. I don't think that's you should like... trust your 11 year old opinions. Because you know, no, I when, stand when I was it, eleven, had, like system management, like you had to like manage your your armor and weapons and stuff. It was a fairly complex game. I mean, when I was eleven, I thought you know Shadow the Hedgehog was the greatest video game ever made. So it's not the greatest video game ever made, but if Shadow the Hedgehog got re released tomorrow, I'd buy it. All right, we're not we're not going to dedicate any time to this. Yeah, uh, let's just <laughs> moving on. Uh, let's just talk about Ubisoft briefly. They've got a couple big games coming out this year. Uh, the new Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever played Watch Dogs, but this one's I got haven't, a pre- but Legion looks good. Yeah, this one's got a pretty interesting gimmick. Do you know what it is? It's that you can play as anybody, right? Like yeah. any NPC. So essentially, the- <clears throat> yeah, essentially you're all part of like some hacker syndicate or whatever. And whenever your character dies, you just play as another person in the organization. Uh, yeah, like they, so, they bragged about like being able to play as like the grandma in the yeah. trailer. So whoever you recruit, you can play as, which is pretty crazy. That's nuts. Uh, I think that'll be cool, but I gotta say, until Ubisoft announces another Rayman, I just don't care. I feel like we're we're definitely due for one. We're due for another Rayman Legends. That game is god tier. Yeah, um, but we've also. Um, we should have a new Assassin's Creed this year. It hasn't been confirmed, but you know it, it is time. Uh, I haven't with, played with their, the last few. They're by yearly. Really good. I've been playing Odyssey. Actually, that's what I've been playing lately. Uh, I'm already over 40 hours in, and it is an absolutely massive game, and it is quite fun. I'm enjoying Odyssey quite a bit. But uh, the rumor for this new one seems to be like a Viking setting, which could be kind of neat. That could be cool. Yeah. There's also okay, so. Moving on, have you guys heard of Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines? Oh I've my god, that's it. coming out too. I know very little about yeah. it, but I, I know I, I know the first game came out what you know years and years ago. Oh and it, yeah, it and like it had a huge following. Early early aughts, yeah. It was it, I th- I think based on my research and like 
knowledge. It was really buggy at release, and then a user came through and patched it through to actually make it a worthwhile game to play. Yeah, and that's that's a, that's one I know a lot of people are looking forward to. In April, we have Resident Evil 3 Remake coming out. Before we talk about that, can we talk about 2019 as the year where we finally figured out how to make a good remake? Yeah, Resident Evil 2 was immaculate. Like, it instead was of so just, good. Like, these really, like, slapdash remasters. We finally figured out what a good remake is. Did the yeah, Crash they, Trilogy come out in 2019? I think it came out... I think May. it was 2018, right? And Spyro was 2019? Yeah, Spyro was 2019. So yeah, that I like Spy- I like right. the Spire remakes. I'd still rather play the originals, but the remakes were pretty good. Oh no, yeah, no. The uh Insane Trilogy came out in 2017. Oh wow. That was a while ago. So yeah, we've we've yeah, I think then we figured Spiral out it's 2018, yeah. Yeah, we figured out remakes, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Like there there are some good remakes recently. They're getting it down to a science. Yeah. yeah. Re- Resident Evil 2 is the most impressive remake I think I've ever played. Well, no, yeah. that's a lie. Shadow of the Colossus was also very impressive. It's it's close between those two games. But yeah, the 3 is coming out this year, and I don't see any sign of Capcom, right? It's Capcom who does Resident yeah. Evil. I yeah. don't see any sign of Capcom slowing down. I know Resident Evil 4 is extremely well regarded. I haven't personally played it, but I, that should be, if they're following the schedule, that should be 2021. And that, yeah. That'd be really exciting. On next-gen consoles, no less. I'm glad that they're going back and kind of reimagining those first three games because they were a product of their time. Yeah. The camera angles was always skewed, especially for two, and you had a fixed camera, and it it was just an awkward control scheme because we were still figuring out how to do games at that point. Yeah. Yeah, 3D space was not – yeah. I was definitely so, able to appreciate, even without playing the original, like, it felt like a modern game. And to me, that was so impressive, that they yeah. were able to apply today's modern philosophies to a game that is, you know, what, like, two decades old at this point? Yeah, at Resident least. Evil 2 was released in the 90s, I want to say, yeah. because Resident Evil 3 was 1999. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised they haven't gone back and remade... Like, I know they're re-releasing them, but they haven't remade the Devil May Cry games. And Devil May Cry started out as a spinoff of Resident Evil. It was like a low-budget spinoff. And uh, obviously it is not that, but that's what it started out as. Yeah, people still view that as kind of edgy, but when you look at it, it's not edgy at all. Devil May Cry is very comedic. And it's oh yeah, no. I was gonna say it's edgy to the point of comedy. I was gonna yeah. say like it's, it's the it's most very over, edgy, it's the I most over it. the top thing I've it's ever seen. It's not like dark and grimy. It's more like, hey, let's let's kill some demons. But a Devil May Cry 3 HD remake, oh my god, like like if it looked as good as Devil May Cry 5 did, like one and three could both be amazing. Two definitely not really worth acknowledging. <laughs> And I don't. I I'm I'm playing through four right now, and I don't know where I stand on whether or not it needs a remake. It's it looks fairly good. Yeah, it's okay. But yeah, moving on, The Last of Us Part Two. I was about and, to mention that that's yeah, coming out. That's you know has potential. Ha- I think in my mind at least, it's going to eat it, a lot of Game of the Year awards. The competition it, it, between Game of the Year is between. The Last of Us and Cyberpunk. I think that's what it's going to boil down to. Dude, Are you yeah, throwing Dying Light out of there? 
I get that they're good games, but the idea of that winning game of the year makes me sick. <laughs> Why is that? It's just a good game. Like, it's not... It doesn't do anything interesting. Your opinion is so wrong. Like, I've I mean, played I've played The Last of Us, and I liked it a lot. I love The Last so of Us, nothing. but... Like, if it was so a did movie, you, did you play it when it came out, though? Yeah. So when it came out, it was pretty, like... We really didn't have games, like, that did what The Last of Us did that well at that point. It really sort of set a benchmark I in mean, terms of narrative. I mean, what it does narrative. is just be an eight-hour movie. Like, it just... And if it was a movie, it would have been... But the gameplay is really it. good. Yeah, yeah it is. But it's not better good. than Uncharted. Like, it's just good. No, it is definitely better than Uncharted. It's That's just, where I disagree. Like, it's just good gameplay. Like, it's a good game. I'm not saying it's... It's an 8 or 9 out of 10, but it's not game of the year. Not against the other stuff coming out. Not the year it came out, and not this year. Well... I mean, it's, a, it's even a good story. Like, I just don't... I don't want to say that it's not a good story, but it's just not, like, nothing about it screams video game. Like, it's not like Nier Automata, where it, like, uses the fact that it's a game to enhance its story. It doesn't... I mean, but that's... It's sort of... That's sort of Naughty Dog's bread and butter, right? Like, cinematic video game playing. That's what they've been doing for the past decade plus now. Yeah, and they're... And they're, they're really good at they're it. They're the ones but, that sort of created that style of video game with Uncharted sort of mastered it with Uncharted 2 and just kept refining it. Yeah, and and it's good. It's just not the best of the best. See, I, I you know, I... They're not, and they're not even knows. the ones telling the best stories anymore, I don't think. Like, See, the, the whole zombie thing just, is so played out in 2020. Okay, yes, the zombie thing is played out, but that really is sort of irrelevant. What matters is... Th- how is their characters and how they interact and how they develop. I still think they do that better than uh, pretty much everyone else in the gaming industry. See, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I just, I remember playing on like the last of us one when it came out and I was just like, why, why did anybody care about this? Like it's really good, but it's really good in the same way uncharted three was and nobody cared about uncharted three. I mean, I love Uncharted 3, but I oh, I like Uncharted like 4. Like I said, I really like these games. They're just <laughs> not award winners. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I definitely think when when push comes to shove at the end of the year, it's going to be between Cyberpunk and The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I but, mean, it will be, but but I don't you know, think it should be. There are so many good games coming out this year. Yeah, Dying Light 2. Dying Light 2 is going to be I'm pretty big. So excited. I loved the original Dying Light. You also have Ghost of Tsushima coming out. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Summer 2020. That's a huge one as well. Huge PlayStation exclusive. It wouldn't surprise me if that also came out on PS5 as a launch game. Yeah, Yeah, Avengers as well. Godfall. So Avengers, let's just talk about Avengers for a minute. It has me Avengers, yeah, it didn't really impress me when I saw it. But I feel like Marvel... I feel like after the success of Spider-Man on PlayStation, I feel like Marvel won't allow a mediocre Marvel game to is, is, be put out. I feel like Square they'll... Enix is such a weird choice for a developer yeah. for an Avengers game. Yeah. Right? Like it, it, it is strange, especially for the sort of like Destiny-like they're trying to make, which is strange. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. But, you know, my... 
I have a hunch that, you know, Marvel as a corporation will not allow Square Enix to put out a bad game. They'll either, I you know, so. like let make them give it more time or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just from what I've seen, I don't know if more time is going to help. Like, it just kind of looks like a flawed concept. Yeah, but I don't know. They might just keep throwing money at it until it's good. good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a good Avengers game, my God, that would be so much fun, you know. Yeah, but God knows we've we've had them canceled before. Like, there was a first-person brawler around when the movie came out that got canceled. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's weird. I I can maybe link it to you later. It's re- it looked really weird, but it didn't look bad. But I I see why they canceled it. Like a first person Hulk game, really. Like <laughs> yeah, that's that's a weird take. Next huge one on this list: Cyberpunk 2077. Oh boy, I'm I'm excited. Filled to the brim of the the glory of Keanu Reeves. I was excited for this, but they've kind of like. I don't think anybody knows what it is anymore. Like, they've, That's they've because said that it's barely, not... they've barely put yeah. out any information. Like, everybody was so sure it was going to be this open-world, like, Fallout-style thing, I think. And now they've said, like, no, it's more of a more of a linear story. And, like... No, 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 no. It's absolutely open. It's just, you know, the entire game takes place in one city. So it's not necessarily as vast, as horizontally vast as, you know, a game like Skyrim or yeah, Fallout. Like The Witcher. Or The Witcher but, is probably the... Or the or or the Witcher, right? That's the best yeah. comparison. But in terms of like vertical vastness, uh, no game is going to be as vertically vast as this game. Like each, you know, building and skyscraper will have a certain verticality to it and its exploration that really hasn't been explored before, at least from the vibe I'm getting from this game. And yeah. you know, just CD Projekt has quickly risen to like rock star level status. Like, yeah, which is I'm, really kind of remarkable to see. They sort of just did it with one game. Like The Witcher Three became huge. Yeah, like it became so huge. We have now we now have like a Netflix series and you know a yeah. card game and all sorts of things. And, and I'm really hesitant to like put all my cards on a developer that like has one great game. Like I am not lightning doesn't always strike twice. So. But if you look at their pedigree, I think they've just been getting better with each game. Like The Witcher 2 yeah. was better than The Witcher, and The Witcher 3 was better than The Witcher 2. I've definitely and, got my eye on Cyberpunk, but I'm hesitant yeah. because we haven't seen anything. Like all for we've Cyberpunk, seen these, yeah. For for Cyberpunk, I'm absolutely going to wait until the yeah. PlayStation 5 version comes out. I'm not buying a current gen version. Oh yeah, they've already game. said that. Well, they've said that like current gen systems cause the delay, but like. Yeah. All games run like garbage until like right before they come out. So that's nothing, you know? Yeah. That's... But but I can clearly see like the ambition of this game screams next gen to me. You know, like you have like busy city streets with people doing their own thing. Everyone has their own animations and stuff like that. Like I just don't see how something like that is going to happen believably on this console generation with the limited CPU. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I I don't think I think if they if they thought it was gonna make them look bad, they wouldn't even release it this gen. But yeah, that's true. So we'll see. I it's definitely a game I've got my eye on. I just don't. There's no cinematic trailer that can get me excited for something. I don't think. Yeah. 
Like I, um, I, you know, maybe like these franchises that already exist and like I already know what the gameplay is going to be look like. You can get me hype with a cinematic trailer, but I've just been burned so many times on a cinematic trailer that has nothing to do with the actual game. Yeah, I have faith in CD Projekt, though. And, you know, plus, you know, I, I jokingly said it before, but Keanu Reeves being this game is a pretty big deal. Like, yeah, no. And it's he weird. even said that he enjoyed his time, like, doing mocap and recording for the game so much, they actually, like, doubled or tripled his time in the game. Because he just really kept wanting to do stuff, yeah. Huh. I mean, Keanu Reeves is one of the big faces of, like, modern cyberpunk media from it's his not time his first in game, Matrix. Though. Yeah. He was in John Wick X. <laughs> There's a John Wick game? Yeah, it was made by this, the Bithel Games, the same guys that did Thomas Was Alone and Volume. Was it any good? It's a, it's a hex grid strategy game. <laughs> well, who looks at John Wick Hold and on. thinks of I just strategy. remember getting a Matrix 4. Yeah, <laughs> Why are we getting a fourth Matrix? We're also getting a Bill and Ted this year, so... Yeah. Keanu Reeves has been busy. But, um so yeah, like no, between, I, between John Wick Hex podcasts, is like one of those games like people like it if they're into that sort of thing. But it's okay. I, I just know. think I'm it's hilarious that fan. they made John Wick into a hex based strategy game. So I got into John Wick between last podcast and this podcast, and it's quickly become like my favorite action trilogy movies of all time. I yeah. love the John Wick movies. I've been I would love to sit down and listen you know, to them or listen they, and watch them. <laughs> they need to have like an action like not like a third person shooter like action game like the equivalent of devil may cry except it's all guns that's what john yeah. wick needs to be mike bithel has gone on record a couple times and explained why he didn't do that and i think it was like he couldn't find a way to make the player feel like they were as good as john wick unless he slowed it down to the point that it was a strategy game interesting like in I order to make like, you as cool as John Wick, it had to be that. I mean, I absolutely think it's a very hard thing to do, but I think it can be done in yeah. the right with the right hands. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to look at the game. It reviewed well. Like, people liked it, so. Yeah. And it's that, not a mobile game. Like, I it's, look, it's a full release. I'll, I'll look into it simply because I've been thirsting for more John Wick content lately. Yeah. But, um, you know, like... So we just covered a huge slew of games that in any other year could each of them could probably win game of the year. Uh, that's like sort of to to state the gravity of like how good these games are probably going to be. But like we haven't even gotten into the next gen releases because we know there will be exclusives released oh, yeah. for the next gen consoles. We know one for sure. Halo Infinite is coming out launch day for Xbox Series X. Definitely. It's it's not an exclusive though. It's not an exclusive. Yeah. Right. It's gonna Xbox be on PC no and Xbox One. So that so the thing about it being on Xbox One worries me greatly. Because I feel like we're inherently inhibiting the potential of Halo Infinite with it being on Xbox One. That's I mean that's how PC players have felt for years, Ambit. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i mean you know yeah that's a really good point that's a really good point yeah halo just i don't know halo's there not hasn't been a good be. halo game in a long time anyway halo's not what it used to be but you, you know no, it, that, no yeah. i think that's a normal take at this point like, like halo, halo, halo infinite was not a contender for game of the year right 
it's I, just, I, I mean, also, well, it's too it's, late. It's sort of an unknown commodity. All we have about Halo Infinite right now is, like, a trailer. A trailer, that yeah. Even, that it didn't even show gameplay. Like, Halo in its prime is a force to be reckoned with. It's just oh, a question sure. of, can it, be, can it reach those heights again with this entry? Personally, I, I feel know. like it, that's a long shot, but the, the potential is certainly there. 343 has never proven that they can do that, so we'll, yeah. we'll see. I'm not confident. And like you said, like they are kind of shooting themselves in the foot by not doing next gen, like by not doing a hard cutoff, they're not going to be able to do like, like you look at a game on the PS3 versus a game, a launch title on the PS4. And like, you can see there's a, there's a marked difference, you know? Yeah. Same, you know, Sony will, Sony will absolutely put out PlayStation five only games. Oh Uh, yeah. We talked about Horizon 2 earlier in the podcast, but I personally feel like that's not going to be a launch game. Like, maybe, like, launch window, like, several months after, like, three to six months after the PS5 comes out, we'll see Horizon 2 come out. Like, it just still seems, like, a little too soon to me for Horizon 2 to be a thing. I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, It's also pretty rare outside of, like, Nintendo consoles for launch launch titles to be, like stellar like yeah really crazy good like you know nintendo got us with super mario 64 and they got us with super uh with a uh, breath of the wild but like try, looking back like i can't think of a lot of system seller launch titles it's usually six months later yeah. or something that they they slam you hard you're absolutely right i mean even looking at the ps4 xbox one there was virtually nothing like no oh yeah the ps4 had no games launch. for like a year and a half or something other yeah. than bloodborne to the point where it became sort of a meme you know yeah. and then they you know then 20 then they really did it yeah, yeah. 2016 2017 came, happened and like they sort of just game after game after game uh you know horizon god of war spider-man like totally knocked our socks yeah. off you no know? they did Speaking but, of, like, exclusives, and I'm kind of swapping topics here, Halo Reach came out on PC. It did. During yeah, that it came time. out uh, on, the, on the Master Chief Collection, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the first Master Chief Collection game to be ported to PC. And it's an okay port. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I en- well, I played the campaign, and I, like... Halo Reach is, like, the start of the end for me with Halo, like... I've barely played one through three, but I know that they're like these super bombastic things where the Master Chief is like this superhero running around single handedly saving the human race. And Reach is not that. Reach is like this losing battle you're fighting the whole time. And it it was like the start of like armor powers or whatever and stuff, which I don't love. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that in Halo. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for Halo's one through three. And I played Reach because I was, like, just excited to have Halo on PC. But the port had a lot of issues, honestly. Like, some weird, like, button mapping issues. Like, you could not walk and crouch at the same time. I don't know if they fixed that since then, but you had to, like... I think it was a... It was... It's a bug with the... uh, Because it was originally for a controller, and you could not... You had an analog stick. Right. So you could crouch while going slowly forward, but you could not go full tilt and crouch. Yeah, you can't but, emulate but on, that on a keyboard. Yeah, on PC you like you have to stop moving, <clears throat> then crouch, and then start moving again while you're crouched. If you want to crouch and walk at the same time, like, and that's that really. And also there were just some weird audio bugs where like it sounded like I was losing radio signal, like it just got really scratchy and stuff. 
it just, I don't know. It needed some more time in the oven. I think. Yeah. It, it, and it wasn't even like, like I didn't get a lot of frame rate issues or anything like the stuff you expect. It was just really weird stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, there's still a couple games I want to hit on. Um, For 2020. Elden, yeah, Elden Ring doesn't have oh, a release date. Yeah. But if, if that comes out this year, I feel like that could go toe-to-toe with Cyberpunk and The Last of Us. Yeah, that would that would go toe-to-toe with Doom and Animal Crossing for yeah. Game of the Year for me, easily. Yeah, I mean, From Software's... For the, for the real Game of the Year. <laughs> yeah, whatever. From, <laughs> from Software's new marquee title, like... And plus, just everything we've heard about it so far, it seems like so much more ambitious than anything they've done before. And Miyazaki yeah, and I, is yet to put put out a game that isn't anything short of stellar. So right. I'm so I love Miyazaki's writing style, but I love the idea... Because there's not a lot of narrative in Dark Souls, you know? Like, yeah, it's, but it's the a lore beautiful is, world. Yeah. But you bring in George R. R. Martin, who, who like, you know, Miyazaki's designing this world with George R. R. Martin, and then a narrative that actually makes sense on top of that. And, yeah. like, you've really got something. Yeah, when they said George R. R. Martin was doing the world design, well, not the world design, but the narrative design for this game, I couldn't believe. Like, I thought it was some sort of joke or something. But no, that's actually happening. Uh, yeah, like I'm not even a Game is, of Thrones fan, and his being on this project has me very excited. Yeah. Um, and then there's one other game I wanted to talk about. Um, we know Bluepoint is putting out a PlayStation 5 exclusive at launch. And <clears throat> they've been teasing us for months as to what it could be. But the current rumor is that it is a full-blown remake of Demon's Souls. And I would be... Bluepoint is the one that did the Shadow of the Colossus remake, and they they do sort of the the remakes for Sony. Okay. At least that's sort of what they've been doing the past few years. Yeah, a Demon's Souls remake would be Yeah, that would be absolutely... I would be over the moon for that. That game could use, like... A Dark Souls level accessibility up because like it, it is a little harder to get into the Dark Souls, which is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Plus, you know, having a PS5 coat of paint on it. Like, oh yeah. Because that game, like, I have a hard time saying what I'm about to say. Like, the world was really cool, but the graphics weren't that great. If that makes any sense, like, it was like jaggy. Yeah, like it. And it had some weird shader choices, like some weird amounts of bloom on some stuff. Like they, they just yeah. hadn't quite gotten the tech down. I feel like, and it, it was a budget game, Demon Souls. Like when Miyazaki yeah. was put on Demon Souls, they thought that game was gonna tank, and he kind of saved it. Right. Yeah. I but, I would play but, that. But you know, Demon I, Souls. I you know, uh, people often attribute the. The rise of like the difficult third-person action RPG game to Dark Souls, and rightfully so. Dark Souls is the one that sort of created a new genre of video game in the 2010s. Yeah. But the first one was Demon Souls. You know, Dark Souls was the popular one, but the first iteration of that idea was Demon Souls. And to see that world, that those concepts fully realized uh, on a modern platform. I think would be wonderful. I hope that those rumors hold water, but there are some other rumors going around that maybe it's a remake of Metal Gear Solid, maybe it's a remake of Legend of Dragoon. Like, there's all sorts of things it could be, 
but I think the le- the consensus right now is that it's probably Demon Demon Souls. Like Metal Jason- Gear Solid's already gotten a few remakes, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, like the GameCube put out a remake, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. Twin Snakes, maybe. Yeah, you're right, and I don't think it was that great, so it might. But yeah, Jason Schreier from Kotaku, who's like renowned for having yeah, he's pretty tons brilliant. of insider knowledge. You know, he's sort of hinted that it was Demon Souls, so that's super exciting. And uh, yeah, I mean, guys, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, plus all of these games. What an exciting time to be into video games. And, and speaking of the Series X, have you guys um, heard of Xbox All Access? Is that uh, just Game Pass and Live combined? It's it's more than that. It's literally, it's I think $20 a month. And you get an Xbox One S. You have to you have to oh, commit yeah. to pay it for two years, but it's not that much more expensive than Game Pass Ultimate. And you get Game Pass Ultimate, which includes Game Pass console, Game Pass PC, and Xbox Live. And then they also give you an Xbox One S Digital Edition. And then I think twenty three bucks a month you get an Xbox One S that can read discs. Thirty bucks a month you get an Xbox One X. That's wild. And like. There's no way they're not going to have a version of that for the Series X. And, like, that that could easily be, like, you know, I get Xbox All Access. That's me already. Like, I'm getting the PC games, and then I get an Xbox One or an Xbox Series X, too. Like, and I'll have the online, not have to worry about it. And so, you know, I get the, the handful of console exclusives. And, but like, that's huge for somebody yeah. like me. Like, my, my position as, like, a PC gamer who likes Game Pass, that's a hell yeah. of a deal. Microsoft's strategies are super exciting because they're really sort of challenging all the conventions of the industry right now. Um, we haven't even talked about their rumored second console. Have you guys heard about this? No. Yeah, so apparently the rumor goes that in addition to the Xbox Series X, Microsoft is going to release a weaker console at launch that will be streaming only. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me with their yeah. xCloud and stuff. I mean, that, there's a lot of streaming stuff. Have you guys heard of GeForce Now? Yeah. It's like NVIDIA's actually functional competitor to Stadia. Yeah. And I guess I guess it's, I mean, it's as good as a streaming platform can be right now. You know, we live in, we all live in West Virginia. We're not going to get a good streaming platform here. Oh, so, gosh. Speaking of Stadia, I mean, last time oh, we it's left been like, off what, on the show, 40, 30 right? days. I think the last time we left off on the show, we were all sort of hopeful, seeing what it could be, excited. What a disaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, unmitigated disaster. The only thing they've announced since it came out is that they have no announcements. Like, even the diehard Stadia fans are upset. Yeah, Google, Google's, I could see Google absolutely killing it in a, I, in a uh, year, so. I just want to say that I, I said it on the last time we talked about it. Google's going to abandon Stadia. It's not even going to survive a year. Like, and I, yeah, they just don't. They don't do things. Uh, have you seen the Stadia commercial? No. <laughs> Everybody who listens to this needs to watch the Stadia commercial because it just, it just immediately tells you everything you need to know about whether or not Google knows anything about video games. It's just so awful. It's so yeah. tone deaf. I mean, I think to even stand a chance, they need to have it like be subscription based, right? Like you you buy yeah, a Stadia subscription, you get all the games with it. You like to have the notion of having to buy games for sixty dollars a piece on Stadia is absurd. And on top of that, they don't have like 
like taking a step back, you know, you and I are software engineers. We we both can see that there's stuff you could do on Stadia, like a type of multiplayer game you could do on Stadia that you could not do on other yeah. platforms because of latency. And they're just not. There's nothing. There's nothing that Stadia is well, doing right now. Google that you could has not a do. couple first party developers making some games, right? I think yeah, they have like a couple of those games are out and they're just nothing. They're like single player experiences. Like they're not using the technology. Yeah, it's absolutely wild to me. Like I think like, what's what, what's going to happen here is, you know, I think Microsoft's going to absolutely capture this market with XCloud. I think so too. Uh, and I think, you know, Sadia was the first sort of meh attempt and then Microsoft's just going to take that space by storm. Because, like, really, who are Microsoft's competitors in that space? It's not Sony. Sony has no cloud infrastructure. They have Gaikai, which they bought years ago for streaming capabilities. But that's nowhere on the level of Azure, right? They, no, I mean, their like, competitor, cloud their competitor is, a competitor is Amazon. If and Amazon, Amazon decides to get into it, yeah. AWS is their most obvious competitor. AWS is the largest you know, cloud provider in the world right now. But, you know, Amazon, not really into games right now. But, you that's know, not that's not totally true. I mean, they bought CryEngine. Yeah, I mean, Amazon. What I, I guess what I'm getting at is like they're certainly not into games at the same level as Microsoft or even Google at this point. I would say, but I right. would I I think that if they wanted to, like they absolutely have the funds to just jump in whenever they want and start competing. Uh, but you know, games take time. You know, like I don't think it's good enough to just offer all the third party games. I think you need to have a strong first party lineup and microsoft's if, building that with series x uh especially with all the studio stu, uh, studios they purchased uh along with their you know the ones they already had working on halo and forza yeah and honestly rare is doing rare is in a better place now yeah, than right. it's been in a long time you know Rare is becoming i mean i still think they're a shadow of their former self but they're becoming competitive again yeah sea of thieves is a much better game now than when it released but i'm, I'm going to talk about that later but I, I still think Rare, the most interesting thing about Rare is, to me, when are they going to pull the banjo trigger? Because yeah, I, right? like, I feel like it's inevitable at this point. We saw yeah, him, 3D, like, especially the 3D platformers with, back, you know? And especially with him being in Smash and the yeah. overwhelmingly positive reaction to that, I think they must realize at this point that people want banjo. It's going to be a Series X launch title, I bet. Day one Series X, if that's true. No yeah. questions asked. I will pay $500 for that console. Well, I doubt it'll be exclusive. It'll come to PC, too. Yeah, but you know me. I'm a console guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Software engineer, and I'm a console guy. What kind of weird paradox am I, right? Well, you also have a MacBook, so you, know, yeah. you just can't be helped. <laughs> I'm recording on a Windows laptop right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... It's what a year. The next gen consoles are going to be wild. I <clears throat> I just want to talk about their SSD tech at PlayStation for a minute. Yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, like, it'll. Sorry, go ahead. I don't think it's going to be better than what we have on. Like, I think it's going to be exactly as good or slightly better than what we have on pc right now i think i think they're doing stuff on the software side that's making it load like that's getting them those crazy load times that they're talking about because like it doesn't add up if sony had that technology like 
hard drives are useful for things outside of gaming. Like they would be selling that 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 solid state, right? Like it doesn't add up to me that they well, would I, hold on to that. I, I think af- maybe after the launch of PlayStation Five, they'll commercialize it because everything I've seen saying it's like a super awesome custom SSD hardware solution. Yeah, but they were saying stuff like that about the PS3 too, and it ended up being like half true. Like not not about the not about the load times, but about like the way the GPU the cell processor. Yeah, like it's Sony has a history with this sort of thing of like so, but finding a way to make it amazing, even if it's just really good. But see, I think I think it's in this day and age when they say something like this, they have to have to be able to back it up. Because like there's so many people that can call them out on BS now. Like back yeah, then, they don't they don't get any repercussions for being called out on it. But what I'm saying is like I think the odds of them actually having a super special awesome SSD are actually higher than them not having it based off their comments. I I disagree. I I I think it's going to be a really good SSD, but I don't see it being better than like top of the line SSDs that are on PC right now, which is what they're claiming. Like yeah, they're, they're they are like claiming 50, that. Yeah, they're I mean, claiming they, it's they, like 50% faster than the best SSD you can buy right now, and that's just absurd to me. There are indeed teams definitely at work. Yeah, I, that um, just doesn't make sense as something to focus on to me. Also, are are both next gen consoles going to have RTX? Yes, hardware probably. Yeah, going to have hardware level ray tracing, which is just bonkers. See, there's so much that that opens the door to if it's if it's the same technology. Is it Nvidia or is it AMD? I think it's a custom NVIDIA shit. Okay. Let me, let me, it's let me, NVIDIA, like, the stuff you can do with those cores outside of ray tracing is amazing. Like, are you guys familiar with DL, DLSS? No, can you explain? It's like, you render the frame at whatever resolution, like 1080p or something, and then at almost zero cost, you can upscale it with using AI, and it's like a perfect upscale to... If it was 1080, it'd be. It's like you can take it from whatever it is to the next step. So like if it was 720, you could take it to 1080. If it's 1080, you can take it to 4K. Yeah. Like that's it's, it's, that's crazy. It's super powerful and like using AI, like you can run AI on an RTX core and do that, and like it's almost flawless. Like playing a 60 frame per second game at 4K, you would not notice anything wrong with it. Like. And that's crazy. Like, the fact that these games could be running natively at 1080p opens the door to crazy high frame rates if you're using a technology like DLSS to then boost it up to 4K, and then you've got 4K 60 maybe higher. And, like, that's incredible. I also think, uh, or actually, to go back a little bit, what I was going to say uh, in that SSD discussion, I think the biggest thing, though, is that it will alter game design, right? Like, we won't have, like, those, hey, I'm going to crawl through this crevice really slowly while the next area loads. We won't have that sort of thing anymore. We won't have, like, all the unnecessary climbing sections while, you know... Those crevices will be shorter. You'll still have to have something, because they still, like, RAM is still finite. Like, you're still going to have to unload the previous area. But it can be, like, a single door now. It's going to be, like, sub one second... Yeah, in most cases now, whereas before it was like 10, 15 seconds. Like I can point to examples in Uncharted and God of War where, you know, like you're just shuffling through a crevice. You know, the most God. recent example, I would say, is uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which I yeah. which I highly recommend. Really good Souls Light type Star Wars game. 
But like there were so many points at which, you know, Cal, the protagonist, would just squeeze his way through a crevice for like 20 seconds. And I'm like, all right, come on. We don't need to yeah. do this. Could have just given me a load screen. Like, I get it. Yeah. yeah. And plus, <laughs> no, yeah. I agree. Like, that stuff is going to. And, and plus, you know, like change. for Souls games and like lots of other games, uh, utilize the load screen to like give tips and like tricks and stuff like that probably won't be too big of a thing anymore you know like yeah i i haven't seen those in i've been on pc i haven't seen those in a long time anyway but yeah those are gonna go away yeah but even on a fast hard drive sometimes you don't see those like the the hard drives used in consoles are not great like even on a fast hard drive on pc you don't see those a lot of the time so not even using an ssd yeah but yeah let me let me correct something i said earlier I um I think the GPUs are produced in concert with AMD, not okay. Nvidia. Yeah. So I don't know the DLSS. I think DLSS is a on Nvidia technology. So I don't know. Cuz uh, Nvidia cuz people were talking about it being potentially used on a Switch Pro cuz that's Nvidia. Yeah. But even a Switch Pro, like a theoretical Switch Pro, I would imagine to be on the level of like a PS4 Pro, Xbox One X at at the most. Yeah. Pro- oh yeah. It probably it's not be, less be next than gen level. Yeah. It I think be it would be on that. the level of PS4 Basic at most. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's portable. What do you expect? I I do not play the Switch for high fidelity graphics. Yeah. I play it for the best games. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> so what about that Vita 3 that'll run uh, 4K never games? Happen. I would <laughs> buy it. Probably. No. I don't know. I have played my Vita recently. Like I am not somebody that slept on the Vita. I still yeah, the Vita's great. And it's still It's a great crime. it's a great console to mod. It's a crime it's that it wasn't that no one no one cared about it, unfortunately. Yeah, it's I mean Sony cared about it least of all, you know? That was the problem with it. Never had any games. Yeah, it had what did it have? It had like an exclusive Little Big Planet. It had like an exclusive Uncharted, but it wasn't developed by Naughty Dog. It was developed yeah, by and Man. Little Big Planet wasn't made by Media Molecule. It was made by a different company. Although yeah. it was good, and Uncharted was good too. Those were both good games. And but, they put out uh, a Kill Zone on it, which yeah, I hear did. was quite good, but I, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. But I I do think at some point, do you think? Microsoft and Sony will look at Nintendo again, like they have in the past, right? Like with the Wii, and yep. be like, "Hey, I want a slice of that pie," you know, like because they have this demographic essentially all to themselves. Yeah, and, I know. think they're gonna realize that they can't get it. Like, I mean, Sony said before that they have no interest in getting back into mobile. If Xbox gets into mobile, they're gonna do it by way of probably X-Cloud. an attachment for yeah. your phone. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. XCloud, and they'll sell like. Nintendo Switch style snap on controllers for your phone or something like that. You know, they're See, not going to sell a console. That, well, unless in my they mind, do though, sell that's a just like, in my mind, though, that's just like a cheap imitation, though, right? Because, like, the game design changes on a fundamental level because of the hardware for the Switch, you know? Like, developers oh. do all sorts of cool stuff with the Joy Cons being detached oh, yeah. or or attached and, you know, like HD Rumble and all that sort of stuff. I so if it's just some optional thing, you know, like it, it won't be able to have that, you know, custom secret sauce that makes that console special. Yeah. And I, I just don't see them. I think Nintendo has such a strong hold on that market that I think that they're going to be smart enough because they've never 
they've never been able to compete in that arena, you know? I mean, Sony's tried twice to mixed success. The PSP did okay, but it didn't outsell the Game Boy Advance, and it certainly didn't outsell the DS or 3DS. Yeah. You know, it just, I don't, I I think they know better. You know, they're not going to be able to, I mean, everybody has a Switch now. Everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, it's its sell through rate is comparable to the Wii, maybe a little under. It, I think it's my I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And well, I'm. I, I, it's. Uh, it's 52 you know. million, I think. I think they've pushed 52 million units. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying the total units sold. I'm saying like the rate at which it's selling is comparable to the. To the oh. Wii. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the. I mean, goodness, to to keep up with the Wii, it's not the PS2, but it's you know, right. it's crazy how many they're yeah. selling. And it's, you know, when you say it's not the PS2, it's funny. We can say now that it's not the PS4 either, because the PS4 is still tracking higher than the PS2 in terms of how quickly it's selling, which is just absurd to me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, when all's said and done, the PS4, there's a good chance it'll outsell the PS2. That'll be incredible. Yeah. See, I don't... I feel weird about that, because the PS2, like, there's an easy thing to point to how they did it. Like, it was just a cheap DVD player, you know? Yeah. DVD players were really expensive. PS2s were not that expensive and also played games. It was the obvious choice. But But with the the PS4, it's not that simple. But see, like, that... So your your point stands, right? Back then, the DVD player was a huge selling point, but gaming has become so much bigger. Yeah, it's a bigger audience now. Gaming is, is... generates the most revenue out of any form of entertainment media you know like it's bigger than movies it's bigger than tv uh, yeah and i, I forget like, that a lot of the time because like you know i think i think when we were all like younger like that wasn't really true oh absolutely not true yeah it's yeah, gaming I mean, was fairly niche but now like i mean microsoft on, and sony like, are everybody making- i see on twitter is like yeah you know talking about playing fortnite or playing apex legends like yeah g- gaming has absolutely become mainstream but not only that yeah. you know like microsoft and sony are making like 10 plus billion dollars a year off of gaming profits alone you know like all so, of my friends that have moved in with their significant others like have to decide whether you know which ps4 goes in the living room and which one goes in the bedroom because both of them had one you know yeah. like yeah, it's crazy that we're seeing that level of ubiquity, and that makes me even more excited going forward. Because, like, you know, like, we saw that sort of peak in the past, you know, like, the PS2 era, everyone had a PS2, right? But, like, that number dropped like a rock when PS3 came out. Yeah. I don't think we'll see something like that now. I think gaming's in a much different spot, and I think the momentum that Sony and Microsoft have from the PS4 and Xbox One, respectively... I think they'll just keep snowballing, and I'm really excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's time to talk about what games we've been playing, right? So what So what have you been playing, Connor? Uh, I, I, I kind of want to, where we haven't recorded in a year, I kind of want to do more than one game, maybe. Yeah, like, do go, as many go games around. as you want. I, I don't like the rules. I'm, a, I'm anti-rule now. No rules. Just talk <laughs> no about rules. It. So the first game I want to talk about is Sea of Thieves because I, on this very podcast, gave it. I, I said some harsh things you about that game. Pooped all over it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I've been playing it a lot recently. And I want to preface all my statements that, like, I think if I had paid sixty dollars for Sea of Thieves, like, Sea of Thieves does not work as a game that has a sixty dollar buy-in. It just doesn't. But right now, Sea of Thieves has a $1 buy-in, because you can get three months of Game Pass Ultimate 
for a dollar. And so, like, I started playing it. I got one of my friends, like, nine months of Game Pass for Christmas. Like, I I gave him six months of Xbox Live, and he paid a dollar to make it nine months of Game Pass Ultimate. Mm -hmm. And um, we started playing it a bunch, and we're, like, having some of our other friends join us because the buy-in's only a dollar. And, like, as a free-to-play game that you have in addition to Game Pass... It's really good. Like, it's really fun to just sit down and, like, crazy stuff happens. Like, there are these super intense moments where you have a ton of treasure on your ship. And, like, gathering that treasure may not have been the most riveting stuff because it's usually just, like, having a map and going and finding it. But then once you have it, protecting it is super interesting because you're, like, super tense looking out for other players. Or, like, God forbid the Kraken shows up and starts (laughs) sinking you, you know? And it, and it's super interesting because you get into like it, it just creates these really cool stories like you know there there was the other day me and my buddy Tyler were playing and uh, we didn't have anything on our ship we had one thing and another ship comes up and it's it's bigger than us there's only two of us there were four of these guys and they start shooting at us and so like I sneak off the side of the ship and Tyler just keeps sailing off into the distance I go sell the only valuable thing we had. And then Tyler manages to get on board their ship and like sneak off with everything that they had. And so that's awesome. Yeah, we weren't even the aggressors in this situation and we made out scot free and like with a huge profit. And like it just creates really cool stories like that. But like to get to that point, you have to do some boring stuff, kind of. Yeah, because like I've I've talked about Sea of Thieves before and I, 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 I think I told you guys that like. I tried playing it and, like, couldn't really figure out what was going on. I think I was stuck in, like, a mandatory tutorial, and I didn't want to do it, and I tried yeah, to sail off, and it just didn't work. Now. First okay. of all, the tutorial's optional now. But, yeah, it, like, you kind of have to... It doesn't show you the fun, like, the way yeah, it kind of like, needs to. It's, like, like emergent, right? These... It's about, like, just making the, you know, like, Yeah, there's things all these happening mission with... types to do, too, and, like... Yeah. Over half of them suck. They're not fun at all. And so, like, me and Tyler have played a little bit now, and we know which mission types we actually have fun doing, and we pick those. But, like, it, st- it starts you off pretty weak. I'll, I'll say that. And, like, all the upgrades are cosmetics, so you don't really feel like you're working towards anything either. Because, like, I, I'm at a point now where I have all the cosmetics I want, and I'm never going to want more cosmetics. So, like, I'm just playing the game to have fun now. Yeah. There's nothing to work towards, but like, it's a cool game. Like after work, me and Tyler are both tired, and we just want to kind of steer a boat for an hour, you know? Yeah. And if something exciting happens, then that's neat. But, <laughs> but if not, that's okay too. Yeah, exactly. And it, you know, like I said, as something superfluous to Game Pass, you know, I'm not somebody that gets into multiplayer games a whole lot. So as something superfluous to Game Pass, which I play largely for, like, the single-player experiences, is yeah. pretty awesome. It's, a, it's just something cool to chill and talk to my buds for, for a couple hours a day. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'll pass it on to somebody else while I collect my thoughts on my next game. Sure. Okay, uh, I guess I can go. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um so I'm over 40 hours in now, and it is absolutely massive. Like, th- not just the map, just the scope of the story itself. And uh, 
a lot of the side quests, I would say, are almost Witcher-esque in that, like, they feed back into other plot lines in ways you wouldn't expect, which is quite surprising to That's me. That's good writing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's really cool that, like, you can choose between a male and female character at the beginning. You could be either Alexios or Cassandra. And, like, all the dialogue is fully voiced, so they had to go through twice, you know, in the game and voice all the dialogue. And for, like, <laughs> what I'm presuming is, like, you know, close to a 100-hour game, that's no small feat, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially in a game with, you know, optional dialogue like this one. Like, that sort of just blew me away. And, like, I picked Alexios, and I've been pretty impressed by his voice acting thus far. I think the characters are pretty likable, uh, and which, you know, Assassin's Creed really isn't known for that. I've grown attached to quite a few of the characters at this point in, in Odyssey, and I'm pretty invested in the story, too, which also, again, really doesn't happen with Assassin's Creed games, for me at least. I've played really? all of them at this point. Uh, I mean, Assassin's Creed games, beyond... Okay, so let me rephrase. From 1 through, I would say, Black Flag, I was pretty invested in the story. And oh, okay. Especially I didn't play like, anything after that. Especially like the Ezio trilogy, I loved following Ezio's story, and I loved him as a character. And uh, Black Flag, I think it wasn't as strong as a story as Ezio's story, but like the gameplay, like the pirate setting, and like all of that was so much fun, it sort of made up for it. But then after that, you know, we had Unity, we had Syndicate, and even to an extent Origins, which started this new style of Assassin's Creed game, like an RPG sort of Assassin's Creed. Like I just my eyes were just sort of glazed over for the whole thing. Like I wasn't really too into it. Didn't really care about the characters or the story, but Odyssey sort of pulled me back in to where I do care. And not only that, it sort of made me care about like, you know, the story and those core fundamentals that were key to enjoying early Assassin's Creed games with the enormous open world design and like the RPG elements that they've introduced so the Assassin's Creed now, the the games now are a completely different beast to what they were before. But I think this one's just as good as the older ones, but in a completely different way, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I think it does. And I've always liked just like 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 you were saying, like I think the story, like my eyes would kind of glaze over too, even in the older ones a little bit. But it's the little stuff that I thought was always neat. Like, I cared about the characters. Like, the other pirates in Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah. Like, I had fun with that. And yeah, like, I just... I, th I think story was, like, a, a hugely compelling thing for me in those games. So I'm glad they kind of yeah. got that back. Yeah. And I, th I definitely think this, like, Odyssey's really capitalizing on all the best elements from the previous Assassin's Creed games. Because for the first time, I think, since Black Flag, all of the, the pirate ship mechanics come back. Like... You you have a ship in this game that you can upgrade and, you know, recruit for and, like, all that. And you can board other ships and steal their treasure. Like, all the Black Flag naval elements are in this game, in addition to the, you know, all the other stuff I previously discussed. Which I really think it gives you the, the quintessential Assassin's Creed experience if you consider all the games up to this point. It really lifts the best... From all they really don't want to lose the work they did on that, though. You're saying yeah. the next game's going to be Vikings. Like, they, re they really don't no, want to like, do a landlocked I, setting. <laughs> I don't blame them, because that gameplay is yeah, so unique. Good. You know, like, no other game I had played up until Black Flag did something like that. And I think it's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, it is. But it, it's interesting, right? Because, like, obviously, Odyssey, Odyssey is a Greek setting, right? And yeah. 
it takes place in like you know centuries before millennia before in fact assassin's creed black flag took place right so the technology is not even close to as advanced the naval technology you don't have cannonballs or anything so like your ship uh is a lot smaller obviously and you're like throwing flaming spears and arrows and stuff instead of like firing cannonballs and stuff like that i hadn't even thought of that that's cool so so but yeah yeah it's it's, it's cool uh, they definitely adapted that gameplay to the time period. But yeah, I, I definitely recommend giving it a shot, especially if you're a fan of, like I said, the the narrative of the, of the older Assassin's Creed, but like the gameplay of the newer ones. Um, or if you just want a really good RPG to play. Because like, this game does not need to be an Assassin's Creed game. It's essentially just... I mean, that's kind of true of all the new ones, isn't it? Like, I feel like the Assassin's Creed story is over, and they're just making good games with that name. Like, I mean, there are elements of the story in this game, but it really is about, you know, Alexios uh, Alexios or Cassandra and their journey, uh, their odyssey, if you will. Oh. But, but yeah, no, that's that's what I've been playing almost exclusively. Um, what about you, Mike? Uh, recently, I've... I actually started playing The Witcher 3. Awesome. But what are you playing it on? Uh, PC. Okay. I bought it on PC. I was going to say, because I, so. I hear it came out on Switch fairly recently, didn't it? Or like within the last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. But I started playing it on PC. Oh my god, I've had a blast. Like it's The Witcher 3 has blown my perception of RP, what an RPG could be. Yeah. Like I now I don't think I could go back and play Skyrim. Like There are a lot of games that have like... That. Skyrim, like, put this foundation, right? Like, Oblivion, like, it, it cemented this foundation that other games have just blown out of the water. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't want to sit here yeah. and talk trash about Skyrim, but, yeah. The Witcher has completely blown out, like, everything I thought an RPG was, because I grew up playing Bethesda RPGs, and CD Projekt Red blew that game out of the park. Like, there's consequences that you don't even know are going to happen until way, way later in the game, and it doesn't make it obvious that this is the bad, the right decision. Because there's not a lot of good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, They're really good at create, creating, like, morally gray things that'll, yeah. you know, come back to bite you later. It I doesn't throw itself out. And, like, so like Bioware, there's either, this is a bad decision, this is a good decision. CD Projekt Red is like, so do you want to save the kids and uh, ruin an entire city? Or do you not want, not want to save the kids and save a ruler and save a region? That's the kind of decisions it throws at you. Someone's going to die, but you don't know who, and you don't know how, and you don't know when. God, that sounds so good. You're Plus, really selling me on this. Oh, yeah, no, the, the story is incredible, too. And I also like, you know, you'll probably appreciate this, Connor. Like, a big part of the game is, like, hunting monsters. Uh, yeah. That's kind of what a witcher does, right? And, you know, you have, like, your steel sword for you know, humanoid enemies and your silver sword for monsters and beasts and uh it's 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 monster hunter-esque in that like each there's like a bestiary in the game and you can like study each one and like look at the weaknesses and stuff that you figure out and like it's not as straightforward as just like running up to one and hacking at it like certain beasts have certain weaknesses you might have to concoct certain potions or traps to to fight them so that element of the gameplay is really cool and i think uh, you as a Monster Hunter fan would, would would enjoy that. Yeah, and the combat's actually kind of difficult. Like you have to think and play dirty to make it through combat. Like there are a lot of like bandit camps full of like 
20, 30 people, you can't fight them all at once, especially at the low levels. You have to take them out bit by bit and prioritize who you're going to kill first just so that you can clear it. Yeah, I definitely I need to get back to The Witcher 3. I put 40 hours into it and then in a tragic turn of events my save data got deleted. So Ooh. ever since then I was too hurt to go back, but <laughs> I I need to it's, I need to see that game through. It's good. I haven't even I've only put 22 hours into it and I'm ha- having a blast. If I didn't stop to play Hat in Time and 100% complete that, I probably would have finished the game by now. What a game. I had in time <laughs> is. Yeah, I I played a lot of games in the last year. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of branched out. Did you come up with another one, Connor? Yeah, I wanna um I wanna talk about Dark Souls three for a second because I just finished it here recently. And Dude, I think I've Dark had Souls a, I've had an itch to play Dark Souls lately. I think I've yeah. After as soon as I finish Assassin's Creed, I'm jumping into Dark Souls Remastered. I'll probably buy yeah. that. But yeah, sorry. I, I think I've talked about Dark Souls three on the show before because I, uh, I we were recording at the time when I started playing it, and I think I I said some bad stuff about it. I'd say. And I, I stand by some of that. Um, like like some of my issues are that it's far more linear than the uh, the first Dark Souls, and the world doesn't really wrap back on itself the way that I like you know Dark Souls one does. Yeah. But I, I've played through it recently, and it it definitely I didn't see it the first time I played through it, and now that I kind of more familiar with the world, it it is a lot better than than I thought it was in that regard. Like the world is interestingly laid out and like the story is stellar, of course, you know, the narrative, the, the right. setting. And I, I finally played the DLC and those were both amazing. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it does kind of like, I like, I hope dark souls three is the last one. It kind of caps the narrative in a way that I'm happy with. Yeah. I, I need to play the DLCs, but I, it would, it would surprise me if it is, just simply because Dark Souls is such a huge name now in gaming. I feel yeah, like there that, has to be another sad, one. But, you know, I, I don't know where they would go with it. You know, they can't just do another cycle. It'd be kind of boring. But it just kind of, yeah. Like, I, I did a New Game Plus through, and I always, I always super enjoy New Game Plus and Dark Souls. Like, I always play through at least half of it, because it's super fun to just kind of tear through all these guys that gave you so much trouble the first time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just, I don't know, the world makes more sense, it's kind of a good foil for Dark Souls 1, like, all of Dark Souls 1, you're, like, working your way up to Anne Orlando and stuff, and Dark Souls 3, you're working your way down from Lothric, and, like, I'm more familiar with the lore now than I was before, and, like, a couple of stuff I actually caught myself before I went and watched the Vati video about it, to learn about, like, stuff that we've seen before like oh this is a place from dark souls 2 or dark souls 1 that is you know somehow here in lothric yeah it's it's good it's better than i gave it credit for the first time i still feel like maybe it should have been more its own game because it super did lean into referencing dark souls 1 like dark souls 2 i really like that about it though like i yeah like especially as someone who played dark souls 1 when it came out like seeing kind of spoilers but not really, but seeing Anne Orlando again an old game. Yeah. in three. <laughs> just yeah, and that's, took my that's breath exactly away. like like I you know that was breathtaking and all, but like I I still feel like a lot of stuff in Dark Souls three is from Dark Souls one, whereas like in Dark Souls two like you had to go out of your way to find Ornstein. Ornstein's in that game. Oh yeah, and like. It's like a huge a deal and a secret you find, and that's kind of neat. But other than that, like they came up with their own like 
this whole other kingdom with a completely different and rich history. You know, Dark Souls 2 is not <laughs> it's not it's the worst Souls game. But yeah, for sure. It's not a terrible game, but it's the worst Souls game. It's still a really good game, I would argue. It's just, you know, yeah, when you're nah, comparing really it to good, 1 and 3, you know. There, there's some really terrible enemy placement in it. Other than that, I think it's pretty good. I also saw you were playing Bloodborne. Yeah, I just picked up Bloodborne recently. I'm really not ready to talk about it yet, because uh, okay. I'm not very far in. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we record consistently and I can collect my thoughts. I'm, I've been told it's as good as the original Dark Souls. I'm super not ready to agree with that yet, although the, the bosses in combat are both... How far are you? Uh, it's hard to say. I just beat the Bloodstarved Beast, but that's not even a part of the main game, I guess. And that's my that's my, been my issue so far. I keep finding these new areas, thinking I'm making progress, and then finding out that they were optional. Yeah. So I, I really don't know where I'm at in the game right now. I'm not very far in. But uh, I really like it so far. I don't think I'm going to agree that it's as good as Dark Souls 1, but I think it might be my second favorite. Yeah. It's definitely, I think, a coin flip for me between Dark Souls 1 and Bloodborne as to what the best FromSoft game is. But keeping on the topic of FromSoft, I keep forgetting we haven't recorded for a year, so there's so <laughs> much to say. Yeah, there's but, a lot. Uh, the the winner of the Game Awards 2019 was Sekiro Shadows, Shadows Dwight. Oh, I'm going to beg that you be twice. careful here because I, I intend to play this game and I don't oh, want it spoiled for I won't me, spoil but. anything. I won't spoil anything. What I will say, though, is, one, I'm so glad From Software finally gets recognized on a big stage like that. Oh, yeah. And, they uh, deserve it. And I think Sekiro, I think, might be a series going forward, especially because the sales were really, really good. And, you know, this one had Activision behind it publishing, um, which I think makes it more of a shoo-in for more s- sequels. And I do think, from a story perspective, there's more to tell there, but I won't get into that due to spoilers. But... The gameplay in that game is the best gameplay in a From Software game, in my opinion. Yeah, they it, like it's it's just the one weapon type, right? So they're like able to like you just really, have your sword. Yeah, yeah, you can really get into the nitty gritty with it. It is absolutely sublime. The combat in that game is beautiful. Like, yeah, they I've nailed sword combat to a degree I have not seen anyone else nail. It was yeah, amazing, I'm really and I, I can't. I really hope for a sequel uh, sometime soon. But uh, saying that, I forgot to mention another game, huge game coming out this year, Neo 2. Uh, I forgot about which, that. Which is a really big deal, uh, especially if you if you enjoy you know Sekiro. Uh, it's another sort of sam- samurai melee combat game. And I will absolutely uh, be jumping into that as well when it comes out, but... But yeah, Sekiro, Sekiro was a great experience, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it, Connor. Because yeah, it has, I'm, I'm it has certain it. moments in it that are, I guess, what I would call from soft moments. You know what I mean? Like moments like, like seeing Ornstein and Smog the first yes, time. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like that, or you know, like seeing An Orlando for the first time. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a better example. They have, like just, yeah. They have FromSoft moments in this game. Um, in Neo or Sekiro? In Sekiro, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to play Sekiro. I don't see myself playing Neo. But, but, but that uh, being said, a lot of the things you love about FromSoft for games are different in in Sekiro. Like, it doesn't have the absurdly rich lore of the Dark Souls. Yeah. Uh, yeah it still I've has a good that. story, a decent story, and good background, but it's not to the level of like. It's not Bloodborne and it's not Dark Souls. Yeah, it's not Bloodborne yeah. or Dark Souls. 
And thank God Elden Ring is going to be. Ooh, yeah, Elden Ring. Can't, can't wait. Elden Ring is going to be. Oh God, I, I imagine it just being Dark Souls, but like on an Im- immense scale. Yeah. Just give it to me, please. I need that yeah. game. I've also been playing a racing game called Red Out, and oh boy. I think I've heard of this. Oh I, no, I we played, played this. Life. Yeah, we played uh, it Extra Life. Yeah. Can you tell me about it? Well, you ever play uh, either Wipeout or F Zero when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. It's that's what it is. It's the spiritual kind of successor to those games, and it it's in its very DNA of just being real fast paced, real almost technical on the level you have to drive because you're yeah. in a jet car. It was definitely difficult to play with the amount of alcohol I had consumed it, actually. <laughs> it was a problem. Yeah. It, like, I always had a blast. I had a blast playing it. And the music is, like, this very bassy, almost, like, trance-like electronic just blasting in your ear as you're going, like, the speed of sound down a speedway. It you're, was super you're describing You're describing Thumper to me right now. That's the first yeah, thing. no, it, it's a lot like Thumper. I just have this one issue with it, like, and I have this issue with like Wipeout too. Like, there's there's these really technically good racers that are like super fun to play and all, and then they just put no, they don't put anything into their aesthetic. I feel like, like I and and this is stupid of me. Like I I'm usually a gameplay first kind of guy, but when I play a racing game, like I want these like stunning visuals and I feel like it doesn't deliver on that. Yeah. More relies on like the blur of speed. Yeah. To get you through the game. And that's true for like Wipeout, and, and to a lesser extent, Thumper, although Thumper's not really Thumper is so outside of that world. Like it's not trying yeah, to th- do that. Thumper's but... a rhythm game. Not, a, not. A yeah. Race game. Yeah. But Red Out, it's very colorful. Like I'll give it that. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. Very, very bright. It's not and boring a lot to look going at. on. So not just red then. No, it's not <laughs> just red. It is. Oh man, I just had a blast playing it. It gets really hard later on, just because if you haven't gotten the basic mechanics of drifting and everything down, you're gonna have a bad time later on, especially yeah. once you get to the fastest vehicles in the game. What what platforms is it on? Uh, I think it's on all consoles except switch and pc i have to check i played it on pc i feel like it'd be a perfect game on switch like i feel like racing games oh know, it is coming out on switch eventually i think ra- it might be out on switch racing games are perfect on switch because you could instantly just you know bring your switch to a friend's house split off the joy cons and boom you're, you're yeah it is on right switch there. it is a game from 2016 but it is on switch now came out in 2019 i had a t- really good time with that uh, I just have some honorable mentions I'd like to say. I don't I don't have a ton to say about them. They're just good games I played in the past year that I'd like to give a shout out to. Sure. I have one more as well. But, oh okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you, you should go first then. I'll do mine last. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to. It's hard for me to say this right because Sekiro was an incredible incredible game from a gameplay perspective. It has it has some of the best gameplay I've ever seen in a video game. Period. Yeah, but this other game also came out in 2019. It was probably my favorite game of 2019 for completely different reasons. Completely unorthodox, um, unorthodox gameplay, totally weird story. I'm talking about Death Stranding. Oh yeah, of course you are. <laughs> I loved this video game, and it was by far one of the strangest experiences I've ever had while playing a video game. The story is borderline nonsensical. Uh, the characters are just weird. Uh, they say weird things. They eat 
bugs for whatever reason. I'm not really sure Mario why. and Princess Beach. Yeah. <laughs> but even, it, even in its awfulness, it's got this weird sort of charm to it, which really made me really dig it. But, okay, so aside from the story and the characters and all that, the thing that I really liked about Death Stranding was its unorthodox gameplay. It was so weirdly... I keep saying weird, but it really is weird. That's the word for it, yeah. Yeah. It is therapeutic playing that game. Uh, making deliver The entire gameplay loop is focused around making deliveries. You know, you could be, like, hiking up a mountain after a particularly difficult stretch of land, and then, you know, a low-roar song starts just playing in the background as you're walking, and it just creates this feeling of serenity, which is... I don't know. I really enjoyed that. And I think it has that Kojima polish on it, like the same sort of polish that was on Metal Gear Solid Five from a gameplay perspective. The game feels really good to play, even though it's intentionally designed to make you frustrated by like tripping over things if you're not careful. But that's the thing, though. If you play the game as it demands to be played, like as it wants you to play it, it's actually really, really fun to play as opposed to like, how I've seen like a lot of complaints about this game saying the gameplay isn't good because of like the tripping and like, so if you like trip while you're making a delivery, your cargo gets ruined and you essentially just wasted all that time for nothing. But you know, like, you know, in most games traversal is like you get from point A to point B because you want to do the point, the thing at point B. But in this game, the point of the game is getting from point A to point B, like just traversing in it itself is the game. Which is such a strange, un- like previously unseen sort of concept, and it really is just sort of it really did vibe with me. I really enjoyed playing it, and I know it's a very polarizing game, right? Like it seems like half the people either like it's either you love it or you hate it, and I definitely firmly fall into the love it camp, and I'm very excited to see what Kojima does next because like in an interview he was just like yeah i feel like i wasn't weird enough for death stranding there were like ideas that i (laughs) i wanted to put in but just didn't because i was holding myself back and i was just like you're a madman and i want to see what what else you have to offer but yeah after after that spicy opinion you 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 go ahead connor did you have anything else you want to talk about mike i i have one honorable mention and there's not a lot to talk about it but oxygen not included launched this year as well oh yeah i remember you talking about that yeah did I talk about it? No, I not don't on remember. the podcast. No, I think I talked. It's you and I have talked about it. Yeah, it's really good, but it's also really hard, and it's one of those simulation games. That's uh, along with that and satisfactory for games that I picked up this year, but really, they fall in the same vein of just games to chill out to, or and or have an anxiety attack to, with uh, yeah. oxygen not included. And satisfactory is more chill. It's like Factorio but 3D, and it's still getting active updates. So that's all I have to say. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to rapid fire down. I'm just looking at played, trying to see games I've played since the last time we recorded, which appallingly is only like four rows of games. It's really not much. But uh, just the big ones. Uh, Devil May Cry series. I've talked about it a few times today. Uh, one and three are must plays. haven't played five yet, but uh, one is a little weird. You can skip it if you want. I won't call it a must play, but three is a must play. Uh, just if you like action beat em up or like action character fighter type, type games like Bayonetta. Yeah. If you like Bayonetta, you have to play Devil May Cry 3. It's mandatory. Uh, a game called Feather. It's by a developer called Samurai Punk. 
Uh, it's really weird. Uh, not something everybody would be into because uh, there are no goals in it. You just play as a bird, and it's this handcrafted island somebody made, and you're flying around this island. And I, I think it's multiplayer. I think the other birds are other players, but I'm really not certain because <laughs> it really doesn't matter because there's nothing going on. It's just a super zen game. Really beautiful island they made. Um, wonderful music. Couple different birds you can play as. Uh, just super zen. Uh, you know, I play it if I've had a long day or something. Uh, it's like ten bucks on Steam. You know, that's I don't know. You can get a you can get an awfully good game for ten bucks. So I'm not gonna say it's for everybody, but I like it. It's experimental. It's weird. My kind of thing. Uh, Slime Rancher. Uh, if you were gonna play Slime Rancher, Rancher you pr- you probably already played it. It was free on Epic Game Store. Uh, I bought it um, on Steam. It's really good. You just kind of uh, ranch slimes. Like, there's not a ton to say about it. It's there just, is a story. Uh, yeah, there's I, a story. I it. I, yeah, I, I beat it, and I kind of lost interest in it after I beat it. I didn't 100% it. But it's fun. You just kind of figure out how to make the most money by farming these slimes. And the mechanics aren't super deep, but they are fun. Had a good time with it. Uh, let's see. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Uh... Pretty much, if you like classic metro or classic uh, Castlevania, uh, this is pretty much all there is. Uh, so, if you like that, you should try it. Did you try There's Ritual of the Night? Uh, I haven't played it yet. I'm not that into the Metroidvanias, though. I have Ritual of the Night. I just haven't played it yet. Mm. Uh, but yeah, if you like if you like Castlevania one and three, this is worth playing. Um, I honestly wasn't super impressed with it. It's not like best game I've ever played. The visuals are really nice. It matches the NES aesthetic pretty good, but it's no Shovel Knight, you know. Game called Astroneer. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show. It was in early access for a while, but it's out now on all major platforms except Switch. And uh, it's just, uh, if you like survival games, it's pretty fun. It's kind of like Minecraft, but if uh, like if Minecraft is Legos, this game is clay. Like it's The world is kind of like it's made of clay and you can move it around and stuff, but it's like a space exploration sort of thing. There are no enemies in it. Uh, you what know, game? it's mainly Astroneer. Astroneer? There are enemies. They're just there are, like there are hazards. Yeah. yeah, there are hazards, not enemies, really. It's a fun game, though. It's fun enough. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Uh, it's kind of fun to chill out and play. It's a beautiful game. The aesthetic is just amazing in it. Uh, and that's it for uh, you know honorable mentions for me. I do want to give a shout out to a game called Many Law. It was actually a, a game I've already talked about on the show before. It's like a RoboCop Judge Dredd kind of game. But a good friend of mine, Jack Daniels, is one of the head developers on it at Lasso Games. And it uh, officially came out January 1st. So it is a finished game now. And uh, you should all check it out on Steam. Super fun, but a little hard to get into. It's very mechanically deep. And again, that is Mini Law by Lasso Games. Cool. Yeah, definitely check it out. That's just some Um, rapid fire stuff there for me. Yeah. I I mean, it's like I said, you know, it's been a year since we last recorded. So there's definitely no way we can hit on everything. But I think, I think I've talked about most of the things that made an impact on me last year. Yeah, this Um, two hour episode got it. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, going forward, uh, I, I definitely have said this before, but going forward, I uh, definitely want to try and be more regular, you know, yeah, weekly every week type episodes. Definitely can't do two hour episodes every week, but this one's no. sort of special, you know. We won't want to, I don't think. Coming back after a oh, year. Man, we did hit two hours. Yep. Yeah, this is the special, sorry we didn't record in the last week, <laughs> two hours, a two hour long. 
or not last week, last year, last year. Two hour long episode <laughs> to make up for about a year of content that yeah. we missed. If there was ever a time to come back, this is it. You know, like we are in the calm of the storm right now. Um, yeah. And even with that being said, there's still so much to talk about. But very soon here, we're just going to have bombshell after bombshell dropped regarding next gen. And there will be so much to talk about in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, E3 is going to be nuts. We thought E3 last year was going to be nuts. and I don't think just... E3 is going to be nuts. I don't think E3 is even going to happen this year. Uh, E3, E3 is going to happen. Sony's not going to be there. The time uh, around E3 might be nuts, but I don't think E3 itself is going to be anything. I'm convinced that Sony will just, while E3 is happening, just reveal the PlayStation 5 in just their own Nintendo private Nintendo event. Yeah. Do a Sony yeah. Direct. Yeah. Yeah, the last year has been... Really bad for Bethesda, really bad for Blizzard, but great for other companies. I mean, Microsoft's going to have a very strong showing at E3. They have to. Yeah. And I don't want to get into it, but Bethesda and Blizzard have earned everything coming their way. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. All right, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye. 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 (laughs) Bye.